the danger area for you is mm -hmm. when you get into self-care. When you actually try to stop abandoning yourself. Mm. Do you see that? Yeah. It tries to pull me back in. Because if I love myself, what does that mean? That means it's good. Which is a problem. To the, attune, the attachment. Attachment, and... author, exactly. Because wait a minute, I'm about to pursue success. I'm about to pursue my authenticity. I'm loving myself. I'm making my life and my priority, like you said, travel a bigger life. All of a sudden it's important to me and you start pursuing that with your own personal interest. And boom, as soon as you hit that, that's the cycle. That's the shame and denial piece. And so the red flag area for you is right there. Now, what are your defense mechanisms or really attack mechanisms and justifications you use to get sexual and get nice? Like right there, that's the crux of it. Okay, so that would be, oh, I need a stress release. Um, it's better, uh, well, I don't want anyone else right now. I don't <laughs> want, I don't have anything, like I'm not interested in anything else right now. Yeah. But it's really what I want. Yeah, it's what I want, yeah. It's really what I want. Um, Isn't it funny how you said I that? I can handle it. I can handle <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I can handle it I used to time. use that one too. Yeah. I love how you said, um, I don't want anything else right now. Did you hear that? You didn't say, I don't want anyone. Yeah. Oh, that is like completely using it to fill that void. Wow. Yeah. How did I not catch that? Those voices, that mantra. He's a thing. It's just an addiction. Yeah. It's, it's an attempt to soothe and tolerable pain. And so in this moment, it's, a, it's an unwillingness to sit through and work through that pain and go, okay, I'm done hurting myself. So what do you want to talk about? We could talk about a variety of topics. All right. Um, we need to play darts, put them up on a board and see which could. one. Christina uh, Roulette. That's right. Uh, probably we could either go towards the perfectionism okay. and the black and white thinking, or we could talk about attraction towards emotionally unavailable men. So we could go either way. If you could have six months from now, if one thing could never be a problem in your life again, what would it be? The emotionally unavailable men. That's what I figured. Yeah. Let's start there. Okay. What's what's going on? Uh, I'm very attracted to love avoidance, emotionally unavailable men. I feel like I don't always see it right away. And then I've started to see the red flags faster. Yeah. And I see why. And I know that it's an addiction, like a cellular addiction at the bottom of it. I just don't know what to do with it. And I feel like I can realize and say no, 
for a certain amount of time, but then I seem to backtrack and then I'll move forward and then I backtrack and then I'll move forward. What does that mean? Give me an example of a recent situation. Or maybe it's just me. For example, I'll make up excuses for them or I'll, I'll see it. And a recent example, let me think. So there's one guy that I keep giving second chances to and more and more chances and I'll make excuses for him and I'll justify. So what is he doing and how do you convince yourself to give him another chance? Well, I tell myself, so one thing that I've learned as well in the beginning of the last year, I realized I would doubt myself a lot and second guess myself on what I really wanted. So, and I've seen a lot. And so I keep telling myself, well, no, it's what I want. It's what I want. Um, and he's helped me heal and see a lot of the underlying patterns in it. Like the, as far as the love that I was missing from my father, um, the lack of love that I had, how I really want to be loved. So I don't want to be loved this way. I want to be loved that way. And I think I struggle with, but I really want it. But I also know that like from all the signs that I see in it, it's emotionally unavailable and it's, it's ultimately not really what I want. Does that make sense? What I hear is you talking about the theory around it, not the details. And what I'm curious about is how do you know that he's emotionally unavailable. What are the signs that you see that stand out to you? Because anytime we talk about emotions or all talk about emotions, he runs. And how does he run? Silence, complete silence. So you do most of this through text? Yes. Okay, do you ever try and talk to him about it in person? I, we have a couple, I have once or twice. And it's just smiles and it's me doing most of the talking and he doesn't really say anything or comment, but then nothing changes. But you had said he's helped you see stuff about your father and stuff. How did he do that? Because I would have an emotional rea I would have the emotional reaction. Which I is what? What would you do? Anger. Anger. A lot of anger. And how do you express that? I would, I wouldn't express it to him. I, I've expressed it to him once or twice. But it was more me where I would just I would just get angry. So almost angry, I internalize it more. Where I would tell myself this is a lack of respect. I don't deserve this. I deserve more. Okay. Keep going. And and I've always I always try to see both sides, so perspective. Um and I would ask myself like what is this teaching me what is this anger from um, and it would show me like oh this is anger from how your father wouldn't spend time with you or how your father always seemed to be irritated with you like there's a couple times where I felt like a bother um, to him an annoyance and that's my emotional reaction so I would own it and that's how I felt around my father how did he respond like did you say you're did you say no. See, I 
think I'm a little bit avoidant with ah, it too. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yes, I'm avoidant with it too. How are you avoidant? I won't approach him with it. I'll take the feeling and I'll run. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll you, figure it out on my... You're doing all this on your own. He's not even aware of it. Yes. Uh-huh. So who's the avoidant? Hmm. Mirror. Me. Yeah. Um, it. I mean, two avoidants can be attracted to each other. That That's possible. Uh, you know, that's very common. Um, What do you like about the dynamic with this person? Hmm. I think, and I'd already mentioned this in the conversation or on the um, greatness community wall, but one of the payoffs is it's almost like I get to say, I don't care. I'm stronger than that. Um, so that's one so of the, the dynamics. Power. You power. Like the power. Yeah, that's a classic avoidant. The power of it all. How do you get power from this relationship? I also get to stay stuck. So you like so being stuck. Tell me more. What do you enjoy so much about being stuck? I don't have to look elsewhere. I don't have to. If I can just sit there and complain and say, "Why can't I get my way?" Then I don't have to actually put myself out there and look for another man to date. Um, so I stay stuck that way. I also don't have to shift, maybe shift my emotions around it. I can just keep my emotional state in the same place where it is. I don't feel like I do it for attention because there's really only one person that I talk to about it. Maybe I do. Maybe I do do it for attention from her in some way. I think those are the majority of the payoffs. Okay. Um, who throws their hands up and and makes a fit when they don't get their way? Me. No, but um, not a specific person. But what type of person? A child. A child. When they don't get their way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so do you see the power we get from choosing someone who's unavoid, mm. un, who is unavoidant, we get to stay the child. We don't have to be responsible for our life. Mm-hmm. We make everybody else responsible. Mm-hmm. That gives us freedom. We get to stay immature. We never have to step into our life, claim our authenticity or anything. There's no responsibility. Everyone else is now there to take care of us. So it's a very manipulative dynamic that keeps us stuck Mm -hmm. as an infant. And there's tremendous power in being an infant because what happens when you're an infant? Everybody runs to your rescue. Amen. And so then we have who to go to? Mommy and daddy. And in this case, you mentioned somebody that might be playing that role. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because we... We, Your girlfriend is who I'm referring to. We share that role. Ah, so, so we go back and, and for forth. each other? Okay. Yes. Yeah, we do. Because right, so, she'll come to me for advice as well. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
so then when you get tell me about the anger how does the anger show up it shows up as rage as like you can't do this to me you can't do this to me keep going um and rage not just against him it's against myself as well for going back into it okay it shows up as frustration sadness probably sadness at the bottom resentment first thing that comes to your mind whether it was yesterday or 20 years ago What's your first memory of ever saying you can't do this to me? Oh, probably like my first memory. Whatever pops up. Be like six or seven. Do you remember what happened? No, but I can pinpoint that feeling right around that age. But you don't remember what happened? No. Do you remember a situation where it ha- where you remember what happened and you're like, you can't do this to me or... You had that same experience? Um, yeah, probably multiple times in life. What, what's coming up? Um, being grounded. Hmm. Being grounded. Or told I couldn't do things that I wanted to do. Um, like a memory, very clear memory of running up the stairs to my room and slamming my door and just having that same feeling. Okay. So if you're being grounded or being told you can't do something, what's that feeling? It's right here. It's rage. Rage. And so anger, remember, is fear. And fear is what? Inadequacy, powerlessness, or helplessness. Rejection. Rejection. Out of those three, which one do you think that that feels? Powerlessness. Amen. Yeah. A lot of powerlessness. And and that's the thing about the love avoidant dynamic. When we choose that role, we think we're in power. But we're setting, we're actually, it's the opposite. We keep making our powerless. Because if you think everything, I don't deserve this. You can't do this to me. Who... Who doesn't deserve like who's doing it to themselves mm-hmm. so and and then did you hear how you teach yourself to stay in that do you remember how you said you you might mention something but then you do what i try to see both sides okay different perspectives all right so tell me what that looks like like give me an example of your life he, she did this to me. This is not right. I don't deserve this. You can't do this to me. And then an hour, two days, three days later, you're like, well, maybe. It, like, what's that process like? It's, well, I like to think, uh, I label it as maturity. That I take a mature perspective. And then I'm like, well, people have lives. And people can't just drop at the dime of a hat to do something for me. Um, People have prior plans, but it's lies because, 
mean, if people really want to do something, they're going to do something. They're going to do it. It's been my experience that we have responsibilities, but the the catchphrase these days seems to be, I'm busy. Sorry, I was busy. In my experience, nobody's ever busy. We choose who and where we spend our time with. Now, we have commitments, work, and different things, but when it comes to extracurricular, nobody's ever really busy. I mean, a text message takes less than eight seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and I've always, I've never done it, but I've always been like, you know what? Let me see your phone. You text anyone in the last 24 hours? You do any social media posts? Like, let's see your, see? like, we're not busy. So we make uh, the time. Yeah, we yeah. can. The, so where do you think you learned to justify poor behavior? Because do you see what you're doing? Now, you, you stand up and try and respect yourself mm -hmm. and not treat yourself poorly. Now, I'm not, I'm sure there are times where you are going to be reactive. We all are, and, and maybe you're projecting something because of your own needs and wants that aren't true. But let's, let's just throw that away for right now and deal with the times you're actually trying to be available and the other person is manipulatively avoiding you because that's really what we're talking about. Okay. <clears throat> when you see how you start talking yourself back into it, where did you learn that? What's that about? Uh, my first answer makes me think that it's about attunement an attachment to my parents because I had to justify to not lose, to feel a sense of love. And it's interesting because it's the same shift in emotions that I feel now as an adult when I justify and reason. So what? give me an example in childhood. So, for example, I remember my mom, oh, she uh, grounded me from the car for, it was a consequence. But it was for, it was like for two weeks and I was very angry, obviously. And I got up to my room um, and then it's probably the same thing. Like two or three hours later, I come out with a sunny disposition be because I had to. Um, that was maybe expected of me too. Um, like go calm down in your room and, and make like, yeah, my mom always expected us to say sorry. Um, and then she'd say, you're forgiven. And so it was the same shift in emotions, like anger, sadness, um, and then internalizing and then for maybe not forgiving, but putting the feeling away. And, and it was almost like a reverse of the feeling. So there was a ritual and it sounds like part of the ritual was you'd get some sort of acceptance or forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Does he give you the same? Mm -hmm. How does yeah, he do it? He does. Yeah. Oh. He does. What's he do? Uh, typically when, if I will reach out and say, okay, I see this or that. Um, but it's almost like a feeling of con connection, uh -huh. like a healthy connection. Yeah. That's when it feels real. And then do you get sexual? Do you guys meet up? Is that? Not is always. That, is that 
What's the primary way? Like what needs are getting met by this relationship? Is it purely physical? Is it purely intellectual, emotional, connect all three? Like probably sexual, sexually for sure. Yeah. Emotionally for sure. Love avoidance are lots of fun sexually. It's just the way they are. That's because their their major power dynamic is sex. Dangling the cat. Yeah. That's always that. That's what I always pick that works great, but they always pull it away, you know, unless you conform to a certain behavior, then you get the carrot, mm -hmm. you know? So is that, so it's also how do you control. earn the carrot? Yeah. It's pure power. It's also control. Mm -hmm. um, how do I, what do you have to do? To What's earn... the ritual in this relationship that reminds you of the ritual you went through with your mom? I have to be unemotional. I have to be in control of my emotions. I have to not expect, not demand. Um, and basically, I have to be very clear in communication, like very direct. No joking around, no. So that's basically. And it's all on his schedule, completely. Like, I, ne I never know. So then, are you able to map out the, the cycle of this loop you're on, of the high you get from the chase, mm -hmm. and how you start giving yourself away as you chase him, and he slowly rejects you, which triggers the rage, the, then the internal explosion, the slamming of the door and going in your room and pouting and throwing a fit, screaming at the pillow, and then coming out and realizing, well, wait a minute, the only way I'll get his attention, is just like mom, I have to shut all this off, shut down, come back out with my sunny disposition, but only in a certain way so that I get forgiveness and boom, I get this mm. area here where he's available Emotionally only in his way, intellectually only in his way, and sexually, you know, and, and which is similar to mom. Not that there was sex involved with mom, but you get my point of we're going through all this for this little bit. Are you able to map that out? I've never tried. I'd encourage you to look at that and and... see each step of the way because what you're ultimately doing is giving yourself away do you mm -hmm. see that aspect yes totally okay so how would you where would you like to see you step in on that cycle and go this is the part which of that part do you oh, think right is, okay so right at the chase so tell me what do you mean right at the chase like when you start texting him? When I start, when I start even getting that. So I also noticed it tends to, it tends to hit when I'm anxious, almost like an escape. So some sort of current stress in your life. Do you know what, is it a financial? Is it what kind of stress? It's been financial. It was also like holiday. Okay. So being so around loneliness? my family. Uh, okay. Or be, it was a family trigger. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like 
I'm going to be around my family. I, I need an escape. Um, maybe loneliness. Maybe some loneliness too. Okay. And so your medication right now, is this been a common trait with men that you pick? You'll, when those stressors hit, that's when you get flirt. I'm assuming you get flirty and mm -hmm. you dangle the carrot. Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. As opposed to. As opposed to, hi, I'm feeling lonely right now. Could we go have coffee and chat? Yeah. It becomes, hey, look at the new outfit I bought. Salacious pick or, you know, something like Not that. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm, yeah, you I get know, my I know. point of, because you, you dangle it as well. Like, let's flip the table. How are you controlling him? Through... What's, like, what's the, what's the route, what's the cycle you take him on? Yeah, dangle or, yeah, it is sexual. It is. I dangle the sexual carrot. Is that how you start, you draw him in? You, to drink, to draw him back, you, um, oh, not lay up, but. I'm drawing a blank on the word. It's so obvious. I just didn't want to say the same one, but you know, you dangle the carrot yeah. of sex. You get promiscuous. Okay. And so when you go there, ahead, there's been other ways too. How else? Um, like when you said that we're not really nice, we're nice with a backwards motivation or intention. That's I'm happened too. I'm so glad too. we're such great friends. Kind or of getting nice. Happy, happy whatever day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. always works, I caught myself doing that. Yeah, I was great at it that. It does. It does. It, it works. Does. I was so great. I thought I was this nice guy. I was like, no, I'm mm -hmm. so manipulative. Mm -hmm. I'm not nice. Mm -hmm. How can someone reject a text that's really pleasant and friendly? It works every, not every time. And then the feeling that they have to respond. It totally guilts them. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, geez, how can I? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably how I... So you bounce between the two. You either s communicate something promiscuous or you commute s communicate something nice. Or I have asked, like, do you want to go do this with me or that with me? Um, most of the time, that's, sometimes it's met with a yes, but most of the time it's met with no. Okay. So do you know ultimately what you want? So that's the funny thing that you say that, and this popped right into my mind when you said that, was because between texts, he's told me that, I don't know what I want, point blank. And I thought I knew exactly what I wanted and I seemed to flip flop. Seemed to have like these two sides inside of me that, well, I do want this and, but then. When you say I do want this, what does that mean? You mean you do want someone like him? Yes, or okay. even him, like a relationship with him. But then there's also a part of me that says, no, I want this and this, something completely different. Can you be more specific than this and this? I don't know what that means. Uh, like a, a big life, uh, doing lots of things, lots of traveling. Not to say I couldn't have that with him. Um, for some reason, I just don't envision, I envision either this or this for some reason. Okay. Do you think he wants a relationship with you? Not from what he's indicated. 
Have you asked him? Yes, I've, I've asked him twice. The first time, actually, that's how I found out that he was dating someone else. Oh! And he had been for the past three months. And everybody else knew. But he never mentioned that to me. And how did you react to that? Nice. Really? I did. I did. What did you say or do? I told him that was great. And I said, are you happy? He said, yeah. I said, good. If you're happy. Wow. I can just feel the power in that. That's so nice and I'm not even effective. You get to choose how you want to respond. Yeah, but but I can feel the manipulation of, oh, good for you. Like, you don't have power over me. I'm not going to give you that. So I'm going to congratulate you and support you and go, oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad you're so happy. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And then the second time, well, I'd gotten angry with him. Mm. And I'd gone off on him by text. And he responded and was like, I never promised you anything. Uh, I'll leave you alone. And then obviously that. Well, then I apologized. You got nice. I got nice. I apologized. And we continued doing our dance. Yeah. Okay. So, um, why are you so afraid of commitment? He's told you right from the beginning who he is. I have another relationship. I don't want one with you. From what I'm hearing from you, you know exactly what is expected. No emotion, Mm -hmm. no joking around. This is purely sexual, but only when I'm in the mood sexually on my terms. Everything is on my terms. Yes. And... And that completely, so what I realized, that's controlled, repressed, and dominated. So you, you mistake a strong, powerful man. I mean, all those sound very strong and powerful. I know exactly what I want, and he's laying it out. And, and there's truth in that. He's, from what you're telling me, he's very, very direct. Look, this is the road. If you want to drive on this road, these are the road signs and these are the speed limits and this is what you have to follow. If not, totally. we're going to pull you over. You can't ride, you can't drive on this road. Totally. There's a there's a toll booth you have to pay to get onto this road. As long as you pay that there's toll. There's multiple toll booths. Yes, along the route. Yes. And you've got to make your as soon as you make your installment, you can proceed yes. and at the end of the rainbow is me in a sexual situation. And You've been willing to pay those tolls every once in a while. In between tolls, you throw fits, but you keep coming back and paying the toll. And so, why isn't that what you want? Because I don't think that's, that's not my vision of a loving relationship. What is your vision? Great question. Communication, respect. Uh, when you text, you answer, even if it's just, I can't talk right now or not right now or, but you acknowledge the other person appreciation, um, doing things together, not just sexual, uh, going places, traveling, basically having a life together. Okay. And with him, that's a relationship with him doesn't include any of that. 
Not right. Not as I've seen it. No. Okay. <clears throat> it's just been power struggle after power struggle. Okay. So what I heard you just explain is your needs and wants. Mm -hmm. Travel, communication, what you, everyone defines respect differently. For you, it's, I'm fine if you're busy, but it takes eight seconds to go, I'm busy. Exactly. Back to you when I'm finished. Um, so a level of communication, a certain style to that. Um, and so now can you see why you would rage? Yeah. Because I'm not staying true to what I really want. And so that comes back to the inability to say no. Mm, power of no. Yeah. Remember that from the book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, and so then I'd look back into childhood and go, okay, where was I not able to say no? So many things. Okay. What stands out to you right now? Everything. I couldn't say no to not going to church. Uh, where I was going, I couldn't say no to people hugging me or touching me if I didn't want them to. I, was there abuse in childhood? There was spanking. There was a lot of spanking. Okay. I, I personally consider that abuse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. You know, um, just, if, if, you, if you have a job, are you going to allow your boss to pull your pants down and spank you for doing something inappropriate as an adult? We'd all end up in jail, but yet we can do it to a defenseless child. That doesn't make sense while yeah. we're teaching them. Uh, okay. Well, I guess you haven't learned the lesson because you're still making this mistakes as an adult. So why can't I do it to you at work? It's just, anyway. So yeah, yeah, I've never understood that concept. I was spanked a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we had to be at the dinner time, the dinner table at a certain time. Um, what else? Couldn't, I couldn't say no to spending time with people that I necessarily didn't want to spend time with. Uh, Activities, events. A lot of my life was, you don't have a choice. You're just going to do it this way. Yeah. So what's your fear about choosing your life? Well... Maybe it's that link between my parents and I in some weird way. It's usually what it is. For us, we'll back away from pursuing our needs and wants because to do that, that's pursuing our authenticity. Mm -hmm. And when I pursue my authenticity, I put at risk connection and attachment to my parents because I became this to get attachment. I wonder though if it's also, if it's more self-sabotage at this point, because I feel like I've come to a point where, mm, maybe I say it, but I am not really healed from it. Or maybe it's just still, I have, I hold on to resentment mm -hmm. against my parents, still a lot of resentment I need to let go of. And maybe that's why I hold on to that link. Because like you said, I might be resentful, I might be angry, but I'm still choosing it. And that gives me the power. Yeah, that's, that's what lack of forgiveness and all of that is, is it's victim power. But it, again, keeps me the child. Yeah. I'm still attached. I'm still reliving childhood. And um, so not pursuing it, you'd call it self-sabotage. 
Well, self-sabotage is the shame piece. That's where self-sabotage is us choosing to victimize ourselves to get power. We want power. And the best way we know how to get power is to be the instigator of our own demise. And the, the added benefit of that is it keeps, like you, we already talked about, keeps me irresponsible, keeps me the child. I get to throw fits. I get to stay connected to my parents. And um, have you written, done any sort of anger, rage work around childhood and no. all of that? I'd really consider writing, and I wouldn't mail them. I'd consider rage letters at your parents for the powerlessness. Now, the key isn't to get into, you know, it's like when you locked me in my room. But the key is to get into the feelings, not locked me in my room and I stared at the walls all day. And and all I could do was play with my dolls like that's describing facts and events. When you do that, you're that's an avoidance of the emotional event. So it's instead it's. When the door slammed behind me and I heard it lock, I felt enraged and you, and then let the judgments out. You selfish, you blankety blank, 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 blank. I, ooh, you hit something with the judgments because I feel like I still have a fear of judgment, um, of judging others because again, it goes into my perfectionism that I'm bad. And I'm shameful for judging others. Where, tell me how that message got sent. How did that show up? Probably in childhood. Do you remember events? Um, no, I just know that not off the top of my head, but I know that my, my, uh, I mean, my parents were, my mom's family was very, very religious, super religious. So we were told many times, oh, don't sin or. So it was a spiritual judgment. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny? The spiritual, don't be judgy, is they're judging you for being, mm-hmm. they're condemning you. Yeah. Yeah. For so many things. Yeah, it's very, yeah, very judgmental. Very but, hypocritical. Yeah, exactly. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and all of its judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it sounds like there's a heavy, heavy ritualistic religious aspect. Yes. To what you went through. Yeah, and I've done a lot of the, I feel like a lot of the spiritual work, I probably still have more to do, obviously, if I'm not, if I'm holding on to things and not forgiving. What do you think you need to have to do? Um, forgive. What does that mean to you? Let go, let go of it. And but go ahead. ultimately I'd wanna change the underlying feeling Okay, tell me what let go of it means to you and what's the underlying feeling you'd like to change? The resentment. So forgive them essentially for not being the parent that I needed or the person that I needed in the moment um, and, and let, it, let it go, let it be free. Where were you not the person you wanted to be in the moment? Not standing up for myself. And so how are you not standing up for yourself now? Prob- 
probably more ways than I realize. Uh, and I've found myself telling myself, it's not worth it. A couple times, like I have that mantra in my head. It's not worth it. Let it go. It's not worth it. But then I stay out of my true power and I stay in my false sense of power because I choose to rise above it. My dad said that a lot too. Like that was really, and I think my father was very powerless in his childhood just based on reactions and what I can remember from childhood. But that was always something he said, you can't control others, but you can always choose how you're going to respond to others. Wow. And how did you watch your dad respond to others? Depended on his mood. Is that similar to you? Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're nice or angry mm-hmm. or manipulative. And, yeah. So which of those do you want to be? I want to be the calm, peaceful person. So how would a calm, peaceful person handle this guy? Walk away. Mm. And when you consider that, what feeling rushes over you? But wait, but I want him. (laughs) That's not a feeling. That's a description. Yes. What's the feeling? Uh, I feel it in my chest. Mm-hmm. I don't know what feeling it is. I don't know what feeling it is. I can't put words to it. I just know that there's a feeling that's like, no. Keep going. Sit with it. I'm trying to think of the feeling wheel. Fear. Okay. It's fear. And out of the three fears, which is it? Inadequacy. Inadequacy. In what way? Not enough. So if like you, what do I have to do? Okay. So if you walk so. away, I'm not enough, what do I have to do? And ultimately, what's that? If you're not enough, and what do you have to do? What has happened to you? You have been what? Hijacked. Okay. What else? If you're not enough. If someone says you're not enough and you're left standing here alone, you have been rejected and rejection is ultimately what else? Powerlessness. Yeah. But if we take a baby and we leave it at a firehouse and walk away from it, what have we just done to it? Abandoned, abandoned. Mm. Now think about the feeling in your chest. Sit with that and see how abandonment resonates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As soon as you said it, it clicked. Okay. So when you walk away, when you stand up and go, this isn't for me, I'm going to claim myself. Picture that and, and tell me about the abandonment that comes with that. It's 
It's like I stay strong for... Oh, but it's almost like I have to just shut my feelings off and get to the point where I say, I don't care. I don't care. And the abandonment, when, when does it hit? Hmm. Probably after I've calmed down. Like two or three hours later. So you use rage to protect yourself from feeling the abandonment. Mm -hmm. You start to feel the abandonment and then you do what? I distract myself. I won't reach out right away. Mm -hmm. I distract myself. I focus on myself. And then eventually I reach out. So do you see how your, your map, you're starting to create your map? Abandonment hits. I try to love myself. But ultimately, what's, what's missing in that self-care process that all of a sudden you become sexual or nice? Mm, respecting myself? Yeah, the abandonment is, I mean, you're, you're dead right. Your greatest fear of claiming your own life is abandonment, that I'm not good enough. You mm -hmm. said it, I'm not worthy. <laughs> and so when I, it, it's a paradox, we think, well, wait a minute, I'm claiming myself, but many people feel that. When I go claim myself, I feel alone and abandoned, and I'd rather be with a piece of you-know-what than be alone. Because when I'm alone, look at all these deep feelings that come up. Mm -hmm. Well, and then I also know what happens when I come, once I get past this self-distracting rage and all these manipulations I use not to feel that abandonment eventually because anger always runs out of steam. It's a temporary power source that it's like the, the booster engines on the space shuttle. Eventually they burn out mm -hmm. and then we're left with this empty abandonment. Well, it's running rage exhausts us. It allows us to feel that abandonment, but then we're depleted, but we're depleted enough that we kind of go, okay, I'm gonna love me. So we pursue a little bit of that, but the hole is so deep, and now we're really feeling the abandonment because now we're in it. And so then it's a reach out. No, I need an external source to fill the hole. And so if you look at the whole process you talked about, the red flag area for you is where? Which ones? Well, think of that. You try to walk away. You go into rage. You feel abandonment. All right. You get into self-care. What comes next? That's when you act. That's when you get nice or get sexual. So in this cycle, where is the, the real danger spot? I don't know. When, what? When I get anxious. At which part? Because you said you get a little anxious up here and then you turn it into rage, but you also said you get anxious here during self-care. This one? Mm -hmm. There you go. It's exactly. that one. Yeah, it's that yes. one. Yes. The danger area for you is mm -hmm. when you get into self-care. When you actually try to stop abandoning yourself. Hmm. Do you see that? Yeah. 
It tries to pull me back in. Because if I love myself, what does that mean? That means it's good. Which is a problem. To the attune, the attachment. Attachment, and- exactly. Because wait a minute, I'm about to pursue success. I'm about to pursue my authenticity. I'm loving myself. I'm making my life and my priority, like you said, travel a bigger life. All of a sudden it's important to me and you start pursuing that with your own personal interests. And boom, as soon as you hit that, that's the cycle. That's the shame and denial piece. And so the red flag area for you is right there. Now, what are your defense mechanisms or really attack mechanisms and justifications you use to get sexual and get nice? Like right there, that's the crux of it. Okay, so that would be, oh, I need a stress release. Um, it's better. Uh, well, I don't want anyone else right now. I don't want, I don't have anything like I'm not interested in anything else right now, Yeah. Or, but it's really what I want. Yeah. It's what I want. Yeah. It's really what I want. Um, isn't it funny how you said I that? I can handle it. I can handle <laughs> yeah, it. That's a good one. Yeah. I can handle it. I used time. to use that one too. <laughs> yeah. I love how you said, um, I don't want anything else right now did you hear that you didn't say i don't want anyone yeah oh that is like completely using it to fill that void wow yeah how did i not catch that those voices that mantra yeah he's a thing It's just an addiction. Yeah. It's it's an attempt to soothe intolerable pain. <laughs> and so in this moment, it's, a, it's an unwillingness to sit through and work mm-hmm. through that pain and go, okay, I'm done hurting myself. And I'm done hurting someone else because I'm treating this person. Well, let me ask you, does it fit within your morals and values to treat a person as a thing? No. Okay. I I mean, I I don't judge it. It, Okay. Getting into that reality of, wait a minute, are, are, are you okay with being treated like a thing? I mean, some people are like, again, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things to look at of because of the release Mm. of being, you know, so is there an aspect too? Because if he's a thing, then I'm a thing too. So I'd look at that. If you're a thing, what does that give you? If you're a thing to a person, when, when we just, you know, become a sexual thing to somebody like that or a manipulative thing, What's the benefit of that? Do you see what you get from being a thing? You can be avoidant. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have real feelings attached to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So then ultimately, 
what do you think are the the what do you think is the main choice you have to make for you walk away okay that yes and have backup plans so that when it hits i know what to go towards and what is it you need to go towards myself okay now let's talk about that because right now you're treating yourself as a thing and so Mm -hmm. if you were no longer a thing and you were you and yourself how would you treat yourself with respect which that's that's a buzzword i don't know what that means so that means making myself a priority in my life um, still too superficial yeah what what makes you a priority by considering my feelings and my emotions first still do you see do you see how you're avoiding with me am i yeah do you see respect yeah you know considering myself first well respect is i don't allow people I don't, if somebody shows up, well, let me think of, let me do it differently. Respect would be. So it's like boundaries? Boundaries. I, I don't allow, I don't spend time with people who call me names. That's a specific respect thing. Um, I don't, I don't allow myself to date people who don't respond to text messages. That's a respect thing. But one of the ways you guard yourself and keep yourself a thing is you use generalities from what you really need and want so that you can guard the deeper piece of who you really want to be. So try again. How do you know you'd love yourself? What would that be? I don't spend time on people that don't acknowledge me. And so you spend your time doing what? I spend my time with people that want to share and that want to spend time with me and that value me. Do you have people like that in your life? Yes. How many? Like one or two. Okay. Is that enough or are you the no. type who needs more? How many do you need? I don't know. I don't want to limit it. Uh, I feel like I could get to the point where maybe not a community, but a good tribe. Do you see a dinner table? It's like 10, I yeah. mean, 10 people. 10 or 15. A, t- a table of 10 people. Mm-hmm. So there's a goal. When I want to be a thing or make him a thing, instead, I'm going to cultivate someone in the group. So I don't, I mean, I don't know your social circle. I know the groups that you're in. I'm going to reach out to them and, and try and build connection there or through, you know, your work and different things like that. <clears throat> yoga. Yoga, all that different stuff of no, God, A meetings, I, I, I meetup groups. I mean, there's millions of opportunities to build connection over interests that you share, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, what other interests do you have besides yoga and personal development? Anything fitness related, nutrition, nutrition, cooking, kids. I have children. I love talking to moms. 
So moms groups, cooking groups. Design. Design. Like, do you see all the different meetup groups, different mm-hmm. avenues you could go and have a table full of different interests at the table. Like, wow, that sounds like a great dinner. I want to, I want to be invited. There's a lot of eclectic people in that mix. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So what else, what else do you need to not be a thing? Love. And what is love? Love is that warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> love is... Uh, love is taking care of yourself. And how do you take care of yourself? By acknowledging yourself, by... It's too superficial. Still. Love is by not ignoring your feelings. Still too superficial. How, what, what actions? Let me, I'm going to give you some examples of those things. And maybe you'll be able to see it in ways that work for you. Okay. Ways I love myself are clothes. I love to dress well. It just fills my soul. I love to lay by the pool. I love to go for walks. I like jazz clubs, blues clubs, comedy clubs. I like to fly fish. I like to camp. Um, I, uh, I love coffee in the morning, sunrises, sunsets, painting, yoga, meditation. Like these are, and did you hear all of those? I don't require anybody else. That's me filling my tank. I go do those things for myself. I do a lot of that already. Okay. I feel like ultimately at the bottom, it might just be loneliness too. There you go. And reaching out, but reaching out in the, maybe it's a fear of the unknown and just going back to what I know because it's easier and it's less scary than going towards trying other things and new things. Cause I do do, I, I do a lot of fitness. A, a lot of my self care is fitness. Uh, like I love trying any new fitness studio. I love the beach. I do. I'm starting to travel. I love going to bookstores. I love getting my hair done. I love getting my nails done, pedicures. I love giving myself a facial at home and baths, cooking, spending time cooking, cleaning my house is an act of self-love for me. So I have a lot of those. And I think, yeah, I think I'm just lonely. So you need connection Mm -hmm. for love, all the other things. What you're really saying is I need relationship. Yes. Okay. Um, Do you pursue, I know you have some girlfriends. Do you think right now in your journey, you're able to have close male friends or do you think you'd turn it into sexual? I think I'm getting to the point where I can have close male friends. I actually do have a close male friend. Okay. And I was able to set a boundary with him. Because he wanted to be sexual? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So now I think I'm to the point where I can have close male friends. It's always difficult with someone of the opposite sex because usually somebody's there because they want something more. And so is there really closeness or is it I'm trying to be the nice person to get them to eventually say yes? You yeah. know, there, there can be that underlying dynamic at play. Um, it, it can happen, but it's rare to have true male female friendships. Actually, I have another one that I've been really good friends with since for 14 years. So, yeah, I have a couple close guy friends, too. OK. All right. So then what I'm hearing primarily I mean, if you think back to 
how your dynamic is working. You distract anxiety, you distract, you go into rage and you get into abandonment and, um, and at the abandonment spot, that's when the anxiety comes up and you feel loneliness. And so when you get to the bottom and you start feeling that abandonment, the anxiety starts coming up. And that's when you start justifying, reconnecting and pursuing a thing. Yes. And so it, what I'm hearing is this is the red zone and this is where you need massive. You need a system in place to massively feed your abandonment fears of true, intimate, intellectual, emotional, spiritual connection. And I would guess for a little while, at least without the sexual dynamic. Um, and it would make sense to me that if you feed this, this will grow and take over. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So then what, do you, what sort of plan could you put in place to build that intimacy connection to meet that abandonment need? With myself or with others? <laughs> with others, yeah. Like how, how are you going to go about meeting your need for connection? Start, well, I can always reach out to my good friend. Um, but I think I need to start reaching out to other people too and meeting new people, a new group. A new group, yeah. I think that's... So I think I need to start going to some meetups mm -hmm. or some events. Yeah. It, it sounds like the general... It would not shock me that most people you get in touch with here help create the dynamic because there's a sexual thing, there's something involved that keeps the loop going. Well, also because I realize I've always in the past depended on sexual activity for connection. Yeah. And I feel like I've come a long way in that where I don't need it for connection. I can find other ways to connect to people now and communicate it in a healthy way without going about it in a backwards manipulative way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're correct. Okay. So it's slowly yeah. moving. Um, <clears throat> one of the things with love avoidance is because of the intimacy fears, <laughs> this is another suggestion for you <clears throat> to help mitigate this cycle is find a group of people that are willing to make one, one phone call, not text message, one phone call every day and share three feelings. I feel angry. I went to work today and my boss was late. I feel excited. I drove to work today and because it's a holiday, nobody's on the road. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's a simple three, three feelings. But learning to be vulnerable with your feelings and then also asking the other person no feedback. I just need to be heard because in an environment like yours, you couldn't be heard. Oh, I was giving feedback all the time, but it was not exactly at all what I was thinking or. Yes. Yeah. And so if you could set up a phone tree 
three to five people and, and, and there's some sort of commitment that every day we call somebody on this list. You get a phone list going of, you know, the more people, the better, but you have to at least call one person on that list every day and share three feelings. And, and you can, you guys can negotiate whether leaving a message on a voicemail is okay, or if it has to be a discussion, I'll let you decide what works best for you. But that's a great way to mitigate, not getting, because once you get in this danger zone, it's pretty tough to stop. Mm -hmm. You're kind of done by then because it's really starting with this rage. This rage is really the, the first trigger. The dissociative rage is the first trigger that you're heading in this direction. And so here is probably where you need to be making those phone calls the most. Okay. And going, I'm, I'm angry. I'm giving myself away. I did it again. Whatever it may be, you know, is really learning to express and get vulnerable here um, with yourself. So how many people do you think you can do? do well, what were you going to say? I was seeing some, I make myself, well, I'm learning not to, but I would make myself bad for the anger as well. So that would keep me in that shame denial because then I would go isolate myself, but then it just keeps me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, this is where the um, abandonment starts, where you start to abandon yourself because you say you're bad and then you isolate when you get angry. And so then once it loses its fuel, now you're down here at the bottom completely depleted. It's, you're just empty and alone. You try to do some self-care, but man, it's been so long with all that mm-hmm. alone time and emptiness and abandonment. You Now you're in touch with your feelings and you're feeling, wow, all of this cost me so much. I need anything, mm-hmm. not any person. So the first place to start with the connection is up here so that you don't get in so depleted that you start pursuing things. Mm -hmm. Because if you think of a lot of your self-care, it's thing-oriented. And then eventually it becomes a person that becomes a thing. And it starts to loop again. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And is that to get my power back up? What do you think it is? Yeah. How does it get you? Also, not just power, but connection. Yeah. The only way you know how to connect right now is to turn yourself and the other person into a thing. Hmm. Shut, shut down. And that's your cycle to do it. Because you're so afraid of intimacy, you have to turn it into a thing. Hmm. So what do I have to do to get over my fear of intimacy? What you told me to do? Start it right up here. All through it all day, every day, is learning something for you to consider. Um, If it were me and I were in a situation like this, I'd really consider about being celibate for a period of time. And because what I heard you say was you use generally in the past of you sex, while it's better, you use that for connection. Well, that's always going to be your go-to 
well, I'd back off of that and let the overwhelming nature of that loneliness and abandonment and all that learn learn how to work through that and develop true on and share that pain with somebody of man i'm freaking miserable and i do anything literally do anything <laughs> for anything right now <laughs> you know feel that that emptiness and Sick learn and learn how to work through it and share it and get true empathy and support you know and i mean if you can't find anybody i mean there's tons of sex addiction groups and i mean it becomes any it it depends how hungry you are for the solution go to an aa meeting just get around people like that's what i had to do was just be around people and it's not that i'd always talk even though i'm an alcoholic i just needed to be around people mm -hmm. and hear their stories in the beginning, I couldn't say anything. There was enough intimacy. You know, just listening to them, I felt better. You know, because, oh, that's my story too. Connection. Mm -hmm. You know, that you're just craving connection, yet you set up a dynamic to make sure it doesn't happen. Because I'm so fearful of it. Yeah. Yeah. Scared of the success of it. Exactly. And then angry at yourself because you know what you need. You. You, you need and want a very full life. That's totally, that's you. So the other voice over here that's bankrupt is robbing you of that. Yes. Yeah. It's spending the time still fighting yeah. the power struggle. Mm -hmm. And so it's making the choice and looking at that power struggle and going, is this worth the pain that, I mean, maybe it is, maybe it still will be for some time. Like I won't judge it, but ultimately you'll let it go when you're tired of that pain. You know, this isn't working. True. Okay. Does that make sense now? Why you're, do you see now why you're so attracted to an avoidant man? Yes. Is it more clear? Okay. What do you understand now that you didn't understand before? The whole cycle. I don't, I mean, I think I saw parts of this cycle, but I don't think I understood it completely mm -hmm. as far as now, now it makes more sense. I didn't piece the actions together. I was just thinking of the feelings and not putting the actions into it. So now with the words and the actions actually in it, it makes more sense in my brain. Okay. Do you feel like you have some tools if you choose to? To, to change all that. Okay. Let's end it there. <laughs>